fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Man, we are almost midway through the week already. Can you believe it? A Tuesday just about all wrapped up, ready for you. Hey, welcome into the program, the post-Monday celebration version of the Voice of Reason, my favorite of the entire week. Welcome in, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, boy, do we have a show lined up today. I am going to try, as we do every day, but really today, try and cram as many different topical things into a one-hour program as we have the opportunity to do so. So (laughs) that's where my mind's at. We have uh, Russia, Ukraine. We have a little bit of info on there. Jeremy Murphy, he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He is the former, get this. This guy was behind enemy territories for a while. He was the former vice president of communications for CBS News. I know. Also, the latest author of the book, Blank Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. So we'll talk with him coming up at the bottom of the hour. We have unemployment numbers. I know, such a drag, dude, when it comes to the you know, economy and inflation and employment numbers, but they lie to you and we have to expose that lie. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Plus, are Hollywood stars going to be done with here in the next few years? Even with the scandalous what happened with Will Smith, which I don't want to talk about today because it's really stupid. Now, I do disagree with many thinking that it was staged for the ratings because I don't know what that does for the ratings outside of watching the replays of just that individual thing on its own, I don't really know anybody that won any of the other awards, so it didn't really help the ratings. I think it was more of a beef between Chris Rock and Will Smith that just, you know, was really stupid. That's not what I want to focus on today. There's a new headline out of some that believe Hollywood stars and the Hollywood elite may be over in the next few years. Is that true or not? Yeah, I know. So we'll do that in a little bit here on the program as well. First things first, there's a few different headlines that I want to touch on that really get into the larger scheme of what I want to talk about today. Number one, according to Fox 5 at New York, FDA approves the second COVID-19 vaccine booster for those 50 years and older. Why that's still news? I don't know. We have the subvariant of the variant right now, which is the BA.2 subvariant to COVID-19. That's the variant of the Omicron variant that really didn't do a whole lot. That's really where things started to teeter away. The FDA, the NIH, the World Health Organization, everybody started to stop talking about COVID because it was such a light variant. We could get natural immunity and we wouldn't die from it. And that gave us the herd immunity we needed to move forward as a society. But still, we're still pushing this vaccine. There's a point to it that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Here's the other headline that I find quite interesting. There are a record, this is according to CNBC in our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? Here's the headline. According to CNBC News, there are a record 5 million more jobs open now than unemployed people in the United States. Do you honestly think that's true? He took his job! He took it, girl! 
I have a really hard time believing that we now have more jobs in the United States than we do of individuals actually available to pick up jobs in the United States. This is truly the twisting of the pretzel, the manipulation of the media, and the push of the propaganda for the Biden administration trying to show that he has done so well in economic recovering after the COVID-19 pandemic that we now have to import massive amounts of people into the country. So, by the way, all the crisis that's going on at the southern border and illegal aliens coming across, just let them in because we need help. There are so many jobs available in the U.S. that uh, we just have to have them in here because we have jobs available for them. According to the show uh, story from CNBC, job openings edged lower to roughly 11.8 million jobs available in the month of February, roughly 5 million more than the level of unemployed workers. Now, I want to stop right there. I read through the entire article and I'm trying to decipher whether this is truly like everybody in the nation within the age frame that could potentially have a job that didn't doesn't have a job right now, which would be the true unemployment number. You know, the between the age of 18 to 65 or 68, whatever the right now the cutoff is where you could uh, potentially claim your Social Security and actually retire between the age of for sake. Let's go for easy sake here between the age of 20 and 65. How many uh, individuals are in that population range versus how many are working? That would be the total unemployment number. You would think, right? And is it true that 11.3 million jobs are above those individuals? Because I don't see that actually happening. At the same time, we have our new number that's been kind of floating out there for a while of the 4.35 million over the last month as well during the great resignation that have actually quit their jobs. Now there's a different reason for quitting the jobs, whether it's because of the COVID-19 benefits that are still lingering out in some areas of the country, whether it's because they're working for themselves and actually starting their own business, whether they're moving up to a better opportunity by actually getting some type of raise or type of, uh, some type of uh, opportunity at another company. I don't know. But 4.3 million individuals quit their jobs during the quote-unquote what they're calling the great resignation. But they say even with that that we have 11.27 million job openings and 5 million more than individuals that are actually available. Now, I did some quick math to show you the lies that we're actually having to deal with right now because this is not true, and this is truly the propaganda media machine that I got to admit they do a really good job bringing it in and being like, hey, this is the world news. You need to just listen to it and take it. Don't act like you're not impressed. I mean, well done, mainstream media, because you have us hoodwinked for many of us, at least. Uh, So I did some quick math. And again, I generalized between the age of not 18, but the age of uh, 20 to the age of 64. That's roughly around where people start thinking about retirement. Many are working a little bit later past that, whatever. But between the age of 20 to 64, according to the latest census numbers, there's roughly 190 million people in the U.S. within that age range. Now, I get it. There's a small portion that are on disability. There's people that can't work, people that have certain medical ailments. I get it. Understand completely. That shouldn't be more than maybe a percent or two because I'd hate to say that, hey, 20% of that population can't work. They're on disability. We're we're unable to work there. Oh, my leg hurts. I can't go to work. Although, unfortunately, I think that's starting to expand a little bit. But let's just generalize and say 190 million 
are within that age range of 20 to 64. There are, according to Statica.com from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are 161 million people in the workforce. I know. I know what you're thinking right now. Andy, 161 million people in the workforce compared to 190 million people in that age range that's potentially available to work. That doesn't add up. That's 30 million people difference right there. You would be correct. That would be the winner right there. Yet, so according to them, if we have 5 million more jobs available in the country than people available to work, that would be 35 million jobs available in this nation. They're saying 11 million. I I mean, again, my numbers may be completely off and uh, just generalized a little bit too much. But by my calculation, we still have 20 million jobs short of what could potentially be filling the unemployment. What they're counting are the ones that are filing for unemployment compared to not filing for unemployment, meaning the people that have walked away from the workforce, that have given up on the workforce, and you know you who you are because you're in the workforce or you're not in the workforce. You're actually the boots on the ground that get this. You're the blip in the data that the government doesn't like to see. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And if that's the case then this doesn't apply to you, apparently, because you just don't exist, according to the government. If you stop trying to apply for benefits, maybe because your benefits ran out, and you have yet to be able to get back into the workforce, according to the federal government, you don't exist. According to my numbers, you're part of that 30 million that's still there without a job, while they say there's 11 million jobs uh, that are actually available in the workforce right now. So by golly, we have to allow illegal immigrants to continue to come into the nation because that's the most important thing in the world. Now, I set this whole grand thing up for you for a bigger discussion here because the media, again, doing a real stand-up job trying to break down the basics for you. Thank you. Don't act like you're not impressed. I, I know. I'm telling you. Here is... The headline from Bloomberg. From Bloomberg, like the economic experts in the nation. A world that's more expensive is starting to destroy demand. Let it sink in for a second. Let it mull over you. I'll read it again very slowly for the other side of the aisle to try to understand this. Now, this is their genius understanding of the supply and demand system of, you know, supply demand, a capitalist system. We produce things, people buy it. Prices are based on how many people want the product and how much of the product is actually available on the free market. A basic concept, really, that's saved America and saved societies in the past by being able to set prices without government intervention. Here's the headline again. A world that's more expensive is starting to destroy demand. Wow, you guys are geniuses. Really, really smart on the other side of the aisle trying to uh, break down the supply and demand. Yes, uh, if prices are more expensive, less people will buy them. Because in a supply demand, free market, laissez-faire society, and I know that's something the other side of the aisle absolutely despises in the world because they want government intrusion, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Yes, in a system where it's more expensive, the consumer will buy less of the product because they're getting it at a higher rate and they want their money to stretch further, so therefore they will buy less of that product. Now, unfortunately, every product out there is more expensive right now, whether you're talking about gas, whether you're talking food, whether you're talking like an iPod or something, whatever you try to buy. Do you even have an iPod? I have my iPhone. I guess that's its own iPod or a computer, or a video game, whatever your flavor is. Doesn't matter. Uh, a Will Smith movie. <laughs> Although that's probably going down in the dumpster right now. 
There is that. So a world that's more expensive is starting to destroy demand. That would make sense. Thank you for, you know, common sense there, buddy. We appreciate that very much. Bernie, do you agree? It is totally absurd. Well, he didn't know what he's talking about either. Prices for some of the world's most pivotal products, food, fuel, plastics, and metals, are spiking beyond what many buyers can afford. That's forcing consumers to cut back. And if the trend grows, many tip uh, may tip economies already buffed by the pandemic and war back into a recession. Really? So the influence of government issues all around the globe are causing prices to go higher, which means people are buying less, which means now what's the next step? There are two possible outcomes for this. One of them is the rational, commonsensical, free market, laissez-faire capitalist system response to this. The other would be a government-manipulated communist society. Then you can only guess which one may or may not actually happen. When demand is low because the price is more expensive, in a normal system, what would happen? Well, in a normal system... People would stop buying the product. Therefore, there would be more surplus in the system. And again, I'm breaking this down for, you know, economics 101 for the really smart people that are running our Federal Reserve and the federal government and everybody else that doesn't quite understand this. AOC, listen up. When people stop buying it, there's more of a surplus in the system. Therefore, there's a higher inventory, which means then usually the private sector would lower that cost to get rid of that inventory so that way people could buy more of it and therefore they could produce more of it and then we find that happy balance back in the system. That's one solution. The other solution is probably what we're going to see. We'll talk about that when we come back. we got to take a break. The supply-demand, again, this is the basics. I don't even have a college degree, but this is the basics. We'll see how much the other side actually understands when we come back here for a post-Monday celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I know that was a lot of numbers thrown at you. I apologize for that. But I want to kind of wrap this conversation up with something on a grander scale of like that aha moment. We talked about the supply-demand report and really supply and demand chain, how things work. If the price is high, then consumer buying goes down until there's more supply, and then the price goes down, and therefore people buy more. That's how the capitalist system works. It may not be the perfect system, but I think it's the perfect system theoretically than any other system, and in practice than any other system as well. Because what's the other option here? The other option to something like that would be what the progressives have tried to push for a long time is like the option we said here. Instead of, oh, prices are high, demand is down, we should wait until there's more supply or until the supply builds up and the price goes down and then the demand will go up a little bit and we find that happy medium. What's the other option? It goes back to what we see right now with the FDA approving more of the vaccine boosters, trying to uh, being able to produce more of these and the stock for these nice, wonderful pharmaceutical companies skyrocketing left and right is that the popularity has dwindled to almost non-existence right now, which means we there was a story last week. The government is just throwing these things away left and right, meaning these vaccines. The popularity has dwindled. No one wants them anymore, and they're throwing them away. Now, that's a waste of taxpayer money because we've already purchased them. There was a contract for the pharmaceuticals and the government to be able to produce an X amount. The government's buying them from the pharmaceutical company. Our taxpayer money's funding it, and then we're throwing it away. So well done on that. Again, the complete wastefulness coming out of the federal government. But this is the prime example of what happens when you don't use the free market capitalist supply-demand system when you don't want the product anymore to where the product just becomes less expensive, and then you purchase it when it's on sale because they want to get rid of the damn thing. The other option is exactly this. The government steps in and gets involved, and hey, this is a really good product. I like this. So what we're going to do is we're now going to purchase the product from the private sector to the government, so that way the demand continues to stay high, meaning the prices are still relatively high, and then we force it onto the people by telling you either you have to buy one or you have to get one, or we're going to give you a tax break or a tax incentive in order for you to purchase one, and then we give you a little bone, you guys continue to buy it, and now you're dealing with the middleman, which is the federal government, as opposed to directly from the manufacturer themselves or directly from the retailer themselves. And it's happening with the COVID-19 vaccines. It's happening with the auto industry now because what's happening gas prices are up gas prices are expensive we uh, don't want to have to buy the gas and we don't want one of those evil gas guzzlers so what are we doing oh that's right we're going to push for electric vehicles we're going to push for the alternative vehicles now and you get a tax break or a tax incentive on your taxes when you do that (laughs) all right you see those 
See those? Same with like solar panels and some of the. Is it efficient? Eh, it's kind of efficient. Not for the mass scale of like an entire community or town or anything, but what's happening? Oh, you're going to get tax breaks when you actually build that. We're going to like give you a tax incentive to do it. Okay, well, that's cool. But what the heck? This is what we do now. So the prices remain high because there's not buying directly from the consumer. But now we have the middleman that's creating the inflation, that's creating a false sense of demand for the market because they don't know how much to get. They just buy a whole bunch of it. They try to give you some of it through the government rebate program or the tax incentive program or the tax incentive program. You try to buy it through there. They throw the rest away and be like, yeah, you know what? The market's doing great. Continue to pump them out, baby. We'll keep buying them through government contracts. It's kind of a scary process, actually, isn't that? That's a That would really screw up the system and throw the wrench in the actual natural flow of things. The Adam Smith, you know, for those that remember like economics in high school, Adam Smith and the invisible hand, like not allowing the government to interfere with the private sector. Yeah, we don't see that a whole lot anymore, do we? And that's why we're seeing things so out of whack right now. That's why we're seeing the gas prices so high right now. That's why we're seeing the push for the uh, in the news be like, gas getting you down? Well, buy an electric vehicle for 60 grand because you totally can afford something like that. You may have a junker, but by golly, just get a loan. We'll give you a tax incentive for something like that. Jeremy Murphy coming up right around the corner when we come back. Stay the here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Thanks for hanging out today, halfway through the program already. Flies right on by in a post-Monday celebration. Hey, by the way, programming note to you, our newsletter is going to be coming out. We do it at the beginning of every month or the end of every month or whatever it may be. I have made the executive decision that our newsletter will be out on Monday next week, April 4th. So if you have not signed up, we get new people to sign up every month. That's awesome. We thank you for that. We're up to, I don't know, a couple hundred people that are on there now. Not a whole lot, but uh, it's a great start. We've done it officially for like a year and a half now, two years, whatever it's been. And uh, if you like to see what's up with it, we write our monthly blog on there. We have some civic holidays that we talk about for every month on things to look forward to. We have the hoorah feel-good speech for you and uh, what to look forward to with the new month. We also have uh, the latest news from the show, what we've been working on, what we've been doing, things with the Hoosier Media Network as well. So it's really awesome. Totally free. It's not like you have to pay for it or anything. You just go to the website at HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R. No I in Hoosier. Not like the state of Indiana and the Hoosiers. Although I did grow up close to that. Um, 
but you can just go to HoosierReason.com with no I, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. As soon as it comes up, you'll see the pop-up and say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? And you say, yes, I'd like to elevate my life a little bit more. And you can sign up. You'll get that monthly email. We don't spam you all the time, just literally a once-a-month email that you get from us, and we appreciate it when you do that one. All right, so uh, Jeremy Murphy, not able to join us right now. We'll get him on the show in just a little bit, or we'll get him rescheduled. Not a big deal. Uh, But he was going to give us the emotional argument of the media. There's a general theme today of how much, like, we know it, but do we really know the extent of it on how much the media really, truly lies to us with their propaganda, with their messaging, with the direction they try to send us half the time? And it's kind of pathetic. A little bit. I mean, we read about the unemployment numbers, which are complete sham, obviously, but that's all they have. Hey, yeah, do you say Donald Trump created a good economy like a Joe Biden? He created 60 million jobs. <laughs> when that's just not true in any way, shape, or form. You also need to be wary of some headlines as well. There is what they like to call inner fighting and infighting among Republicans with the RNC going into midterms. Now, why in God's grace, would you uh, think that the media would be reporting on infighting within the Republicans? Do they do that about the Democrats? They don't, although there's a lot of infighting right now. You have Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, that refuses to have a conversation with AOC and the extreme left progressives, but yet for some reason the extreme left progressives seem to be running the party for the most part, and I find that quite hilarious and ironic because they are shooting themselves in the foot. They're, I don't know if she's done I'm sure she's done it by this point, or else the DNC would be really, really angry with her, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for like the first two years that she was in office, did not pay her DNC dues. And she said the reasoning was was because the DNC was more about trying to get Democrats that are already elected, the establishment moderate Democrats reelected, as opposed to trying to fund more progressive socialist left-wing Democrats. Obviously a smart thing for the DNC, like, oh, wow, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't try to fund a crazy wild socialist in a purple district so we don't lose the district with a radical candidate. Maybe we should consider that. That's the stance of the Democrat Party. Makes all the sense in the world. Not so much for AOC, who's more of an ideologue than she is a rational human being. But the media doesn't report on that at all in any way, shape, or form. It's the conservative media of Town Hall News and One American News Network and Breitbart News and The Blaze and some of those that report on that. We have to go out of our way to find those. The other mainstream media, however, loves to talk about whenever Republicans are infighting. If you remember just a month or two ago, there was already some infighting between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Because according to them, oh, they couldn't get along. They didn't know what was going on. They both want to run for president. They don't want to get in, they don't want to get out of each other's way. And they love to try and create that tension. So now, and Republicans, we have to admit it. We have to admit it. It's very difficult for us to admit. We need to come to a, you know, uh, come to a uh, big meeting here. We have to admit that we are our own worst enemy, and we do get infighting really, really, really bad because we think that our way or the highway, and we seem to uh, bicker amongst each other quite a bit. We're not as bad as libertarians, though. The further you go on that spectrum of limited government and individualism, you get more of the radical, it's either my way or to hell with you. And that's why libertarians and the Libertarian Party nationwide, and this tears people apart, even my listeners, I get it, the Libertarian Party will never be a major player because there's way too much infighting. Can we admit it? 
Libertarians, are you willing to admit it? There are some there that just like, hey, uh, social issues or marijuana or, you know, completely abolish half the government, which I'm okay with. Cool. But you have to come to a line of understanding in order to build people and build masses and be able to build funding in order to compete. And you just can't do it, unfortunately. Libertarians are too divided. Republicans were on that teetering point. That's why libertarians come back. Come back to the Republicans. We can work together, actually have a platform, actually stand for something with some type of value or moral, and then we can fight off the real enemies, which are the left-wing progressives. All of that said, the media right now is trying to cause the infighting with Republicans because the infighting right now, or the Republicans, are really up in the polls nationwide, 7 to 9% over Democrats in the elections. And the media doesn't like that. The Democrats don't like it. So they have to find something to try and just shake it up a little bit by throwing that wrench in the system, by trying to poke the bear, get us all riled up, and don't fall for it. According to TheHill.com, GOP headache grows as infighting rolls into the Senate primaries. There's no, as far as I'm aware of, there's very little infighting among Senate candidates. There's a little bit, but the little bit's coming from the pretend Republicans that are really angry that the Republican Party has gone the direction it has, which was like conservative values and actual morals and standards that we stand on and actually hold up during our voting process as elected officials. I, I know that's hard for some. That's hard for some to accept, but yet that's what we do. According to TheHill.com, Republican frustrations are growing as multiple GOP Senate primaries have descended into fighting, threatening the party's chances of retaking the upper chamber in November. In recent weeks, again, take this all with a grain of salt here, Senate primaries in Missouri and Ohio have turned volatile. In Missouri, the ex-wife of Senate candidate Eric Greitzens has accused him of abuse, abusing her and their children during the marriage. That just seems like drama crap that the media is going to hone in on. Multiple GOP candidates running for that race have since called uh, the state's former governor to drop out. Also in Ohio, the forum nearly came to blows with former state treasurer and businessman Mike Gibbons got into each other's faces over work experience. Again, dribble, stupid, unimportant, but yet, you know, they're trying to man each other up and it's very cute to watch and kind of annoying for us that actually just want to see something substantial come out of our races at the same time you have the ben sass out of nebraska you have liz cheney out of wyoming you have the moderate republicans that are so bitter and angry that the party has gone for the trump republicans has gone for the conservative republicans has gone for the constitutional republicans they're so angry at this movement which I like to coin as kind of the Tea Party 2.0, because that's kind of what it is, essentially, isn't it? The, the Republican Party that really, hey, we don't like the establishment. We're going to shake up Washington, D.C. We're going to start it with the grassroots campaigning. We're going to get the non-politicians and the businessmen in there to shake up the system and, and do the right thing. Then we're going to stand on morals and values. That's the Tea Party 2.0. Maybe a little bit better organized. The front man that was Donald Trump. We'll see who it is here in the next few elections. But... The Liz Cheney's, the Ben Sass, the Lisa Murkowski's, the Susan Collins, the Jeff Flakes, the formerly John McCain's, they despise that because they like the old school Republicans of the George W. Bushes where, yeah, we pretend to be Republican, but we're just going to go ahead and continue to grow the size of government just in our own flavor. While we say the Democrat projects are bad, Republican projects good. And they don't understand the party's beginning to change. 
beginning to evolve and beginning to shift, which I know for us is very difficult for evolving in our party, but we need it, and it's evolving in a actually very good manner for many aspects. They don't like this. So they caused their own issues during CPAC. Remember just a month ago during CPAC, Liz Cheney had to hold their own little cute pack just down the street in Washington, D.C. saying, hey, we're going to do our own about truth and not Donald Trump because we don't like him. But yet no one paid attention to it. I don't even remember what it was called. And CPAC was down in Florida this year and killed it, if I must say so. So the infighting Israel, is it as big as what the media is trying to portray? I don't think it is. I don't think it's important at all because right now we have a very good chance of being able to win. The only thing that can screw it up right now is not the Democrats. It's not the mainstream media, but it's us ourselves because we've done very, very good at doing that before. And this is how it starts by stupid, not important issues, not issues on the campaign trail that turn into a personal attack. And then we end up destroying ourselves. We've seen it made too many times at the national level and at the federal level or at the local levels all over. There was an election here in Kansas just a, a couple of years ago that got so personal that once we did find a nominee for a seat, then half the Republicans didn't want to vote, didn't want to support him. I don't like that too controversial. He went way too personal, went too nasty in the primaries. And you know my process. I love primary elections. We challenge ideas. We don't challenge the personalities. We don't go personal because we're all on the same team here. We're looking to evolve our ideas to make them better, to better handle the other side, while the other side gets their marching orders just top down, and they don't like to challenge each other. And the little bit that they've started to, you can see how they're crumbling and falling apart. Their structure is falling. Their house of cards is toppling because they've never been challenged before. And when it now got started, it's like the tinder that erupted because they've never had to experience it before. That's my political spiel for the day. That's my political philosophy for the day. When we come back, we got to take a break. I want to shift gears. The stuff that went on with the Grammys with Will Smith just a couple of days ago, not that I care about that, but has that sparked an issue, a greater issue, where we could see the end of the Hollywood elitism very, very soon? Are people done with Hollywood? Are people done with the elites? Are people done? Are Hollywood done? with paying actors millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for a movie. And will we see the end of that mindset? Oh, I hope to God we can. We'll talk about that when we come back here on a post-Monday celebration. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. And Bongino Show. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes here on the show. So I talked with... Jeremy Murphy and his team. We were going to have him on the program in the last segment. Wasn't able to get a hold of him. Just a communication conflict with uh, phone numbers. So we'll get him rescheduled back on the show. No big deal there. Looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, I am looking forward to chatting with that guy. He's going to be a fun one as his book, kind of a controversial thing on its own, which we're not the most controversial program, but yet we are at times too. And I just, I don't know why I'm such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I don't know why they hate me so much on the other side. But he is the former vice president of communications at CBS. Also author of the book, Blank Off, Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. So we'll talk with him sometime next week. Not a big deal there. On the Speaking of the media and the way things are portrayed, and really, uh, I, I want to give you some hope. We've been kind of ranting about a few different things today. I want to give you some optimism for the day. And I know you're frustrated, especially with like the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock and oh, I'm tired of the elite thing, because in general, we don't really care about that issue. It just reconfirms with us that they live by a different standard and that they're completely delusional, because while Will Smith is up there crying about the message from God and his purpose from God uh, at the same time and how he's trying to spread love for family, he goes up and slaps a guy for no reason because of a joke that didn't even offend because it was just really stupid. So the entire thing's ridiculous. And it reconfirms that there is a complete divide between the middle of the country, and I mean the middle of the country as in like everything from coast to coast, like the sliver of the West Coast, the sliver of the East Coast, they're doing the exact same thing. We have the Grammys and we have the Academy Awards going out to the best politicians for a sob story and for the emotional speech on the House or Senate floor. And by golly, we're going to change the world And then you got the ones that are in Hollywood doing that as a profession as well, making millions of dollars at it. Well, look at that. Well, there's similarities in both both sides there. We're sick of it. But I'm here to tell you the dynamic is changing. And right now, the Hollywood elites are clinging on to the most that they possibly can right now. But I want to show you and share with you that the fact that the whole making tens and tens of millions of dollars to make a movie and this elite living style that you know they can live it is going to die off in the next generation of actors. And here's what I mean. I'm in radio. It's a very, very hard industry to work in because every market is oversaturated from what it used to be 10, 20, 30 years ago. 
It used to be, if you remember when radio was like the hot, cool, sexy thing back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that, and even the early 90s, that radio, like when someone was on the radio, man, they were a legend, baby. They were the coolest thing. They were the local celebrity because you heard their voice and everybody listened to them. Now I still walk down the street and people are like, who the hell's that guy? Which I'm not looking for any type of that, but it's just kind of ironic because it's a totally different paradigm because every single town or city across the nation is majorly oversaturated with five different country stations, three different rock stations, ten different Spanish stations, and five at least two or three different talk stations in every single market, which means it's a very difficult thing to stand out and make people pay attention to the content that you're trying to put out. Meaning that the shares, when people look at ratings, when people look at shares, it's lower than what it used to be because they're so divided and marginalized across so many different places. TV is the exact same way. You don't have the five stations that you flip to and see. Now you have a streaming platform for every single niche that you could possibly think of. From HBO to Comedy Central to Hulu to Netflix to Paramount Plus now to this to that to whatever. And then the free ones out there as well on top of that. Plus the live TV plus this whatever else. The market is so saturated that no longer are places going to be hiring actors for millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Totally different mindset. And the actors smell it. The actors recognize it. The actors realize what's going on, where they're still going to make a living, but it's not going to be what it used to be. It's not going to be the, oh my, like we're going to be able to make this movie and every person in the U.S. will watch this movie and I'll make a billion dollars from it. That's not the way the system's going to be any longer. The market is so saturated that they're going to be struggling just to survive to be an actor or actress. That time will come where they have to accept it or they fail miserably because they can't hold up the elitism that they've thought that they've had for so long and that uh, domination in the market that they've had for so long. Stay true to it. The house of cards will collapse. The elite, what goes up must come down mentality will come into play. And then guess what? They got to learn how to deal with our like budgeting and things. The politicians, that's another story. we got to deal on that one on our own. But by golly, the rest of them, they can only inflate themselves up for so long and hype themselves up for so long, and it's going to topple, and it's going to be fun to watch at the end of the day. That does it for us. Podcast up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow for a midweek celebration. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.